This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah folks we have a really big show this week uh this is our annual comic con week and i can't believe that i'm actually saying that we're having this because if you guys remember um you know for the first time ever in history, San Diego Comic-Con International has announced that they were going to cancel the event in the midst of COVID-19 and just pretty much everything else that's been going on in this chaotic uh, year. And I, unbeknownst to myself and maybe some others, I had no idea that they were going to continue to do this. And what they d- decided to do was, you know, keep the, the show going, but at the comfort of your own home. So... They just came out with, they not only just provided a slew of virtual panels, you know, starring some of the biggest celebrities that would normally be at this event live at Ballroom uh, 20 and Hall H and others. They got all of those people and we get to see it for free. Let me tell you right now, before anybody bitches and complain and i you know i'll give my rundown and what i thought of it as well on our talk topic today because our whole entire show is pretty much just going to be covering all of this um but let me tell you if you don't understand you can complain all you want you can make and 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 people are going to complain and there's going to be some people who are not going to like the results of it and you know that's that's on them but do understand how much hard work goes into all of this to put this together, even to this extent, even to what they have done here uh, with 
doing all these virtual panels and setting it up and, and restructuring what they normally would do. It, I, I challenge anybody to try to do event planning of any sort and try to make that work because I guarantee you it's going to be a, a, a big, big challenge for you, especially if you have no t- uh, idea what you're doing or no uh, skills or of any type of uh, events planning at all. It is so much easier said than done. So I commend San Diego uh, Comic-Con International or Comic-Con International, I should say, um, for doing what they did because one, two things you got to understand, they went all out to do this. Two, they're not getting anything for this. I mean, in terms of like ticket sales, bad shells and all this stuff, they're not getting anything. We get to see all this content for free. All of their panels, all of the panels that I would normally see or you would normally see at a San Diego Comic-Con convention, we get to see them virtually in the comfort of our own home for free. So that means they're losing a lot of money, a ton of money in sales because hundreds of thousands of people would come to San Diego Comic-Con every year from around the world. Those who were cho- who get the opportunity to go in and get those badges and is able to actually you know, enjoy this and take a trip. I look, I've been there twice. Um, and trust me, it's, that's a $6,000 trip. Well, $6,000 because, you know, my wife went with me. So in combined that's hotel stay, that's badges, that's, uh, you know, money for exclusives, money to eat, you know, whatever. That's, that's a lot of money in, in the airplane travel, um, you know, round trip. That's, that's all of that. There's a lot of loss in this by them doing this or not even at all you know so they what they did was they got all of the same like major celebrities and major people to be a part of this and they end up doing their own virtual panels and trust me when i tell you this there's some loss i mean i know some of those panels especially when you talk about like the uh the cast of the new mutants and and the family guy cast and all that stuff there's money involved in that, not gaining, losing. They're paying a lot of these people to do these panels. So trust me when I tell you, it's a big loss on them, but it's a loss that they felt that they wanted to do to give us, you know, some type of comfort and some type of uh, way of, you know, enjoying ourselves during these, during these quarantine times. And I, I, I absolutely, before I even even give my rundown and review of everything that happened, good or bad, I want to thank them for doing that. That is unbelievable what they did. They went all out to do this. They are true fans of us as we are to them. And that that needs to be said. That absolutely needs to be said. Now, this whole entire episode will talk about the rundown on a lot of the things that have happened. Uh, not everything, because if you've gone to San Diego Comic-Con before, you know that you can never do everything. And, and even in, from a virtual standpoint, you can't do everything because they're dozens and dozens and dozens of panels that you can watch and you i mean there's just not enough time there's just really not enough time even even now that we're at our home and we're not traveling there's still not enough time because you can watch all of these and that was the beauty part and we'll talk about the positives and the negatives of the entire thing um when we get to that point there won't be too much news in the world of acmg there is three bits of news that i will talk about real quick so i'm not even gonna waste any more time let's find out what's new in the world of acmg 
And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, so unfortunately, we got to start off the news, and the only news that we pretty much have that is it's it's pretty much sad news here. Um, we lost two legendary figures in Hollywood, and one of them is the one and only Regis Feldman, who uh, was the talk show host for Regis and uh, Kathy Lee, and then Regis and Kelly for so long, and you've seen him in virtually everywhere, like. Every, from movies to TV shows and even uh, professional wrestling because he was a big wrestling fan. He started off that. I mean, a lot of people don't know. Just listen to Wrestling Observer uh, radio, uh, live, uh, radio actually, with uh, Dave Meltzer. And he was talking about how uh, Regis used to have Freddie Blassie, classy Freddie Blassie, back in the day on his talk show before he even got to that Kathy Lee uh, talk show. And uh, he would always be a big fan of him and always have wrestlers going in and you know when he started working with abc and regis and kathy lee show he even brought in wrestlers there and there was apparently an incident that involved um you know the late great ravishing rick rude that kathy lee wasn't happy with and you know that was one of those situations there but you've seen him in wrestlemania for a few years but as well and i mean he's just everywhere he's he's such an iconic character or or a person I should say, um, but so in some cases a character too, but he's so iconic in a sense that wherever you see him, if it's rather on wrestling, if it's on a talk show, I'll be, if it's uh, on TV as a cameo appearance or on a movie as a cameo appearance, he's never playing a, the role of a character. He's always himself. That's when you know you're iconic when like you're so big, it, it's impossible to play another character. Like, you're Regis Philbin. That's a big deal. <laughs> so, you know, rest in peace and thoughts and prayers to the family of him as well. And uh, I believe he died. Uh, he uh, It was an unfortunate heart attack. And I believe they said he was 80 or, or in his 80s or 88 or something of that nature. But, um, yeah, he uh, he's, he's an awesome dude. Uh, he will be missed, absolutely. And a lot of people... This is he's one of those guys that said, you know, that a lot of people said that it was he was a class act. Um, even DL Hughley on his uh Instagram account in uh said that you know this guy was a total class act. Now, you know, if DL Hughley says that a white man is a class act, that says a lot because <laughs> not to say that DL Hughley is anti white, but like you know, he will tell you straight if somebody's legit or not. So that speaks volumes on that note right there. So, um you know he will be missed he will absolutely be missed and there there aren't that many people like regis filler <laughs> no not not a lot of people at all so uh rest in peace to that legend right there another big loss uh is in the uh name of john paxson a lot of you uh that are listening may not know that name but if you're old school like me you know him very well uh if you're a bruce lee fan especially but he was most famously known for his uh, role in Enter the Dragon and Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, I do believe he made another appearance in one of the later Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So, you know, he made an appearance on both of those. And yeah, he's a guy that people loved on that movie. Like Enter the Dragon, he was he was an interesting character in there. He was a great character in there. And um, 
I really got to watch that show, that movie again. That movie is so awesome. Um, but he wanted up. The cool part about him, and I think that what made everybody love him so much, is because the characters that he played were really cool. He was um, Jim Kelly was in that movie too, and him and uh, and Paxson's characters were best friends. And when he saw that Jim Kelly got killed by uh, Han, he was pissed. And I think that was the more endearing things. And I think I, I, I guess credit to Bruce Lee because he wrote the movie, I believe, as well. And he wrote that in that they were best friends and all the stuff. And that really spoke volumes for the time frame of that movie that they were, you know, had this relationship and friendship together. And, you know, in the midst of, you know, everything that was going on during those times as well. So that was an awesome thing that they had that. And I think that made him a little a lot more lovable of a character in that movie. And then he, he was getting his revenge in that movie uh, as well. So, you know rest in peace to him and again thoughts and prayers uh, go out to the uh, family of him and he will be missed I mean but Enter the Dragon will always live on forever as a classic as a time honored classic and he's a big part of that so um, the only other news that I have at this point before we go to uh, the talk topic and which is going to transition right into the talk topic this is actually segueing into it is Zack Snyder Probably the biggest news in, in, in terms of uh, comic book news and, and Comic-Con weekend because, you know, Marvel didn't, Marvel Studios, I should say, didn't make a huge appearance uh, on air. And I guess they're waiting that out until next year, maybe, because there was so much going on. And um, yeah, this, you know, Mar- Marvel Studios at San Diego Comic-Con is the equivalent of Sony at E3. If those franchises are not there those companies are not there they are the main event they always had the best news the best uh, presentations everything if they're not there it kind of takes away just a bit of the con uh experience and there was one year at san diego comic-con i think 2018 that and, and uh that they weren't there and then they came back in 2019 it was eons different of the atmosphere that happened during that time so um enters Zack Snyder who reveals Henry Cavill in the Snyder cut they gave he gave away a little bit of a clip of the Snyder cut which shows Superman wearing the black suit now this black suit is reminiscent of the death of Superman uh he wore something similar to that uh in the comics and there there lies this situation which for some reason got cut out during Joss Whedon's version it was it was been said by Snyder that he does not want one clip that Josh Whedon made on this cut. Like everything is going to be his and his alone. So yeah, he's the, the, the stakes are getting higher for this. Um, I believe this is coming out in 2021 and I, this is the time when that comes out, no doubt I will be investing in uh, HBO max without a doubt, because I am looking forward to the more now that I saw that suit. Now this now granted, this still doesn't say whether this movie will be any different or any good. Because people forget. People absolutely forget that there was a movie prior to this called Batman vs. Superman that was done by J- uh, Zack Snyder. And all although it was visually stunning, it was beautiful. That, that's the one thing you could never say about Zack Snyder's movies. They are a cinematic masterpiece a work of art 
in its own right. Uh, like nobody's doing what Zack Snyder doing visually. But when it comes down to the writing <laughs> process, like I think Batman versus Superman is not one of my favorites at all. I did like Man of Steel. So, I mean, it, it's it's a hit or miss with him because I like um, I love three. I love uh, all of his other stuff. The Watchmen was great. Uh, 300, I believe he worked on. I believe he worked on was great. Um, Batman versus Superman was bad. Sucker Punch. I can't stand that movie. I cannot stand that movie. I I don't even want to talk about it right now. <laughs> um, Zack Snyder is a hit or miss guy. He's a hit or miss guy, and it's quite possible that um, this may not be to the expectations. I think this is this could be a possibility where people overhype it and get too ex- overly excited about it, and it turns out not to be what it is, and then people are getting disappointed by it. So we will see. But for the most part, I am a fan of Zack Snyder, but I do recognize that Zack Snyder doesn't always, you know, get a hit out there. He doesn't have a perfect record. But it, it, I, I, I can't wait to see this, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. But it's getting more exciting as they're going on, and the hype is real. Can this save the DC film universe? <laughs> it brought Ben Affleck back, for God's sake, and all the other uh, cast back. So let's see. We'll find it out. Well, folks, we can't waste any more time. We're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to run down a lot of what happened during this weekend uh, of San Diego Comic-Con's comic-con at home virtual panels we'll do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley Flanagan, the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of teen titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on talk time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg Talk Time Live. hey what's up everybody this is mike mo from street fighter assassin's fist you are listening to acmg presents talk time live Os. do it And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Folks, welcome back to the oven. That is my office right now. It is 80-something degrees, but you know what? It would be much hotter in the West Coast right now if I was at San Diego Comic-Con. We are here in our talk topic today to talk about the rundown of shows that has been contributed and given to us graciously by San Diego Comic-Con this year. And they went virtual just like everybody else, but unlike everybody else, they're giving giving it all away for free. And I know Wizard World has done it too, but I feel like uh, San Diego Comic-Con has done it in a way that just felt like it was just bigger. Uh, Now, granted, was it all perfect? No, but I, again, this is just one of those things that I feel like they did a great job in, uh, and I, it'll be interesting to see how much they were able to do with this in terms of, uh, any type of benefit, financial benefit or something. Cause I, like I said, like I said at the beginning, they're not getting 
any pay or proceeds from this year because they canceled. So rather they still had the money from people who decided to just wait till next year, you know, when they go live, quote unquote, you know, knock on wood, or they just lost people, all the refunds that they had, you know, that's a situation right there too. But this make no mistake about it. This is a huge financial loss for this company. So they decided to take, you know, to take it upon themselves to give it to us for free. Everything. Give us a taste, especially for those who never been to San Diego Comic-Con. And yeah, this is not the full experience per se, but at least it gives you a taste of what happens during these situations and and, and the type of panels that they normally have. Now, I can definitely confirm that a lot of the panels that they had uh, virtually here this weekend are the same panels that they would have live. There is a big contrast to this, though. Uh, there are some positives and negatives to it. It's more negatives than positive, I'm afraid. But overall, it was a great experience. It was a really great ju- uh, gesture to that they did. And uh, for the most part, I enjoyed it. But there's that one situation that it, it's it's blatantly obvious. It's very transparent. And that's just being able to experience it all but i mean let's talk about the benefits of this virtual panel because there is a silver lining to doing virtual panels in this uh extent especially if you've been to san diego comic-con before because there's a difference there is a difference between going to a normal convention in your city especially those local indie conventions there's a difference between that and going to what is considered the mecca of all things anime comics moves and games and and, and, and I will add on to cons like uh, New York Comic Con as well. You know, there that that's like rivaling uh, San Diego Comic Con in in in, um, in terms of uh, attendance uh, attendees uh, and such. So the difference here is that when you wait for a line for a panel. In local cons, you don't wait in line for panels. You just go. There's always going to be a seat in a local con for panels or stuff like that. There's never going to be that huge, insanely huge line of people waiting to get in to see a really exclusive guest that's going to be talking about their movie or TV show. Uh, that ain't happening. But at San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con... Um, to some extent, Wizard World used to have that too. I don't. Last time I, you know, Chris Evans and uh, Haley Atwell and Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Shaw were there. It was a huge crowd for that. Um, same with Tom Holland. Tom Holland last year when he came uh, to Keystone Comic Con, I was out at 5 a.m. in the morning. We didn't get in there till 10 a.m. in the morning, and I was pressed nobody got into that line okay not even press so um that right there was just that was one thing um so you're gonna be waiting in long long lines and and god forbid if you're in hall h oh there are people who camp out at hall h there are people who go on facebook groups to set up and plan when they're going to be in line and make sure that everybody gets in line there this is how strategic it has to be at san diego comic-con like this is real this is some real ish <laughs> okay um i've yet to go to say uh, to hall h i i just i can't find myself to want to dedicate all the time that i <laughs> have over there just to go into the panel now granted one of those panels are the marvel panels so um 
those are kind of worth waiting for. But at the same time, you're going to sacrifice a lot of time of going to see other things and buying other things and doing you know, because you're going to be there in the morning and the lines are miles long. I have pictures that I've taken of um, God bless my camera. Love that. My Canon camera killed that year in 2017. <laughs> I got it uh, and to some extent 2014 as well. But long, long lines. I did a, a little video documentary of my experience, my first experience with this a, a long time ago. And man, it, it, it was, um, it, it was an event. It was an event. I had no idea that those lines were that long. And it was, it was like miles long, like at least probably two miles long. Now take note, two miles is about like five blocks. <laughs> so in Hall H apparently can fit an enormous amount of people. And once you're in there, you're not coming out like you need to bring in whatever food that you have um there are bathrooms within the hall once you're there uh yeah you, you're just you're just not gonna that's the plan you're not coming out you're gonna be here for hours on end checking out all these different panels if you leave somebody's gonna take your spot and you won't be able to get it back that's how it goes so that the benefit that you won't have to wait in line for stuff like that. even ballroom 20 and other panels even the smaller panels in san diego comic-con you had to wait into some type of line. So that's a benefit right there that you don't have to wait in line. But at the same time, I'll tell you this, there is something special about waiting in, in line is, is, you know, if you're walking around forever and you're standing around, um, it, it does, it takes a toll on you. And the older that you are, the worse that it is too, but it does take a toll on you. But like, just still getting the chance to want to see one of your favorite people live. It is worth it. Like I can tell you now, both times that I went, I went to go see um, Jim Lee live to see Jim Lee live and seeing him sketch and draw live. And you it's to me, it was like a rock concert. It was like a legit rock concert and it was awesome. Um, So there I mean, yeah, I talk about, you know, standing in long lines, but that is a benefit and and not so much a benefit at times of that. But, you know, you don't have to wait in line to see these things. You can watch it in the comfort of your home. So that's one thing. If you missed one of the scheduled panels that runs at the same time as another panel that you had, that also is a benefit, too, because you can watch it later on YouTube now. There was a time if this was still if this was still a live event, how it works is that the best thing. And I, this is how I was taught is that you need to schedule ahead at the panels what you want. You don't just go when you go into San Diego Comic-Con, you don't just go into San Diego Comic-Con and just like, what am I going to do now? No, you need to plan. I, and I never did anything like this until I started going to uh, San Diego Comic-Con. You have to plan ahead, like before you even pack up your bags, before you even, you know, go on a plane, before you even get there, before all of that. When you know that you're going, you need to find out what panels are going to be there, what exclusive booths are going to be there, because there's going to be a long line for the booths of the exclusives that you're going to be. And if you're not there on time, I'm going to tell you, one of the hottest sellers there always is usually Transformers. If you're not in the Hasbro line, chances are you could possibly lose out in getting any of those, any of that stuff. So you got to be careful. You have to plan ahead. This time around, you don't. (laughs) And when it came to panels, you know, there was always going to be a panel 
that you wanted. There was going to be like at least one or two panels that you wanted to see that were scheduled at the same time. So you had to decide on which panel that you wanted to see more and which one you were going to lose out on. And that was the strategy right there. This time, though, because it's on YouTube, you can watch all of them. <laughs> if you had the time of the day to do it and i've learned i found out that that is not the case even though i'm like okay this is awesome now i can see all these panels anytime i want which is cool but not in one day you cannot because a lot of these panels are usually an hour uh some of them probably even more like if you guys remember when i hosted the naruto panel this a few weeks ago that was a two-hour panel it was meant to be one but they extended it and we just kept going and having a lot of fun doing it so uh yeah, it, it, it's man, it's very strategic. It's like people don't understand. Like San Diego Comic Con and New York Comic Con are the real deals. This is not just about like having fun. It's about making sure you plan to have fun and strategically have fun like you should. So now here are the negatives to this. The negatives is basically a lack of the atmosphere itself and just oh, man. Just to be in those halls, those very well air conditioned halls, I might want to say as well, extremely like the the San Diego Conve uh, Convention Center is one of the best convention centers I've ever been in. Um, and I've been in a few in different states, especially because I especially I believe Maryland because I graduated in Maryland uh, when I graduated from college and stuff. Um, and it's just the atmosphere of just seeing so many people enjoying themselves Um you know, the cosplayers, we'll talk about that in just a sec because I want to separate that from there. But I just want to mention there's no way you can't mention it. Um, just seeing so many happy faces and everybody just having the same positive vibe. You never see anybody want to start any trouble at a, 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 virtually any comic book convention. I've never been to a comic book convention where anybody wanted to start trouble, even if the smaller ones. The idea is that you want to have fun. And when it comes to San Diego Comic-Con, you spent so much money. You invested a lot of money in there. Damn if you're going to get kicked out. <laughs> so nobody wants that everybody's very kind and sweet and nice and i feel like this is the way the world should be if people saw the way people act during a during san diego comic-con and i haven't yet to be in your comic-con and unfortunately that won't be the case this year um either uh you will see how beautiful people are when they're enjoying this great moment and you're getting these great moments so i that part is missing and we won't get that part hopefully we'll get that in 2021 um because i think that's such an important thing that 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 is missing and that's what made me one of the biggest things that makes uh this convention so great um again attending live panels is no doubt much better like i just mentioned the jim lee panel like I almost treated that like people treat a Metallica concert where you're about to put it, you throw up a lighter. Uh, seeing him sketch, you know, Batman and Wonder Woman sketches and in person and you idolize this guy as a one of your favorite artists for years and to see him draw Batman and Wonder Woman and a whole bunch of other people in person. It's just phenomenal. Um, another one. Uh, I'll give a shout out to my man, to the to the uh the musician of the show the rapper of the show mega ran mega ran every year goes to san diego comic-con and hosts what is called the hip-hop and comics panel uh i've missed out the in 2014 to go there i didn't make it back uh in 2017 and was determined to see it i actually still have his ticket 
that he gave me to go see his concert, which I unfortunately never got to see, but I made it up. Trust me. I made it up, made that up in stride throughout the years. Um, he's now the person that you hear every week on this show for doing the talk timeline theme song. He, um, I've been to a ton of, a ton of other, um, of his other events. And man, if you get a chance, go check out Mega Ran perform. He's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. There's a reason why he's getting all the accolades that he gets and um, the reason why, you know, he's associated with, you know, people in the WWE and such. Uh, it, it's just absolutely he's he's awesome, dude. Just all together. I, I, Raheem is the man. I am such I'm so happy to have met him and um, have him be a part of my journey here with ACMG and Talk Time Live as well. But uh, the hip hop and the comics and uh, hip hop and comic combination panel was really good. And we'll talk about that because they did a virtual one as well this year. Um, other negatives, I would say the technical issues with Zoom. Uh, not I, I don't think it's as much as the the problem with um now it might be it might be because some people are good with zoom and some people aren't good with zoom like i watched a few panels where the audio and stuff was bad i have zoom myself but i opted out of ever using zoom um for for interviews and i was looking to use zoom for interviews i also have uh microsoft teams which is actually the the uh next level uh Skype pretty much there honestly when it comes to video and uh, video and such much better much 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 better than uh than zoom uh zooms zooms great but their audio is not as good I and the fact that I have a, a blue yeti mic and it doesn't work on air as much it, it just says a lot um and then I felt I felt um better when I watched some of these panels and some of the issues that they were having as well so the zoom panel is not perfect and I think some other people were using other uh streaming you know um meeting apps like teams or such as well Ooh, excuse me um but that was one thing um that was a whole nother issue right there but we'll be talking about that when we talk about some of the panels down the line uh let me see uh buying exclusives uh, you know that's a big deal too now they are selling exclusives online but i don't know to what extent that people are actually doing it because the the deal is is that that was the other big thing about San Diego Comic-Con is the exclusives and being at the event to grab them in the palm of their hand. And as I'm saying that, I'm looking to my right and I'm seeing a bunch of uh, like exclusives that I've that I got the Spider-Man exclusive um, that I have that was made by Square Enix. Um, this really cool uh, super deformed Iron Man that I have. I mean, there's so many different exclusives that you can only get there, you know, um, and of course the, the spider-man collector's edition that i have so i mean now what the deal is is that they are selling exclusive figures that you could only get on san diego comic-con but the idea is like it's not really exclusive anymore because you're everybody's able to get it so technically it's not an exclusive um exclusives were the toys or figures or collectibles i should say that you could only get if you go to the con so technically it's not really an exclusive anymore because now everybody has a chance of getting it and again this is a taste of what you would get if you would be there so i do respect that but i'm wondering to what sense how many people have actually rather 
invested in exclusives this year and I, I guess you still have to say exclusives but it's not really exclusive um you know how many people were able to um you know invest and benefit from the exclusive collectibles that they had this year because you got to remember this is still regardless well you know we get out of the bubble this is still 2020 which means COVID-19 has affected a lot of people which they lost their jobs and they lost their opportunity to earn any money or and the money that they earn I don't know if they're going to go for things like exclusives from Comic-Con and then down the road I, this is without the conversation I had on Select Start on the Select Start video game podcast in regards to the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series 1. You know, will they will people be benefiting from this? You know, that's going to be the question right there that we're going to be asking. And I, I, I somehow, some way I got to find out to see the sales of this and whether, you know, worked out. But there was not only that, just to be able to get all that there as opposed to ordering it online and then we have to wait and have it all sent because here's the part that even that's even more screwed up this is not you're not getting it from amazon you're getting it from other companies and we don't know how they're shipping it we don't know how it's going to be done how, you know there, and, 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 and there's so much going here's a here's a problem i have a mask that i brought a, a really high well i don't know how high level this mask is but it's supposed to be a really uh i i spent I think about like 25, 30 bucks for this mask because I want to use it to ride bikes. It took me months, a, f- a few months, a couple months actually to get this mask. It it was supposed to come yesterday. It still didn't come. So, you know, between USPS and U- uh, UPS and for God forbid, if you ever, if they use FedEx, which I highly wouldn't recommend, um, you know, you got to worry about that. So, it's not going to be a perfect thing. And I don't know if people want to or we're going to invest in that situation. So that's going to be the issue right there. Um, and then there's the other benefits of buying exclusives. For instance, sometimes when you get certain things, you meet certain people <laughs> that you want to meet. Again, I'm pointing at the Spider-Man that I'm looking at to my right here, which is a it's a uh, collectible figure. It's a collectible statue of Spider-Man. But it was but done by um, Scotty Young. It was one of his collector series. Not only I came in, one of the things that I came in in 2017 was I want to get one of those Scotty Young figures. And I didn't whether it was going to be Iron Man or um, Captain America because of the I love the X Men versus Avengers uh, you know series that he did. It was called X Men versus Avengers Giant. I love 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 that book. And I love everything that Scotty Young has done. Not only did I get a figure, but I I got a Spider-Man figure that I had no idea that was even up, up for sale. So that was a really cool thing. And then to top it off, I talked to the guy that I was buying it from. And he was like, I was like, yo, I'm a huge fan of uh, Scotty Young. So the fact that they got a Spider-Man Scotty Young here, that is awesome. Then the guy is just like, yeah, you want to meet Scotty Young? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, look to your left. The guy right next to him just happened to be Scotty Freaky Young. I was floored. I was so floored. I got to meet the um, the one and only Scotty Young. Not only did I get to meet him, I got to take a picture with him, and he signed the statue as well. You don't get that experience virtually, <laughs> okay? That is, you can't, you can't, you absolutely can't compare that damn experience. Um, let me give you another one. Yoshinori Ono, the executive director and producer of Street Fighter. 
He is always there every year. Every year. He was there to sign all autographs for posters for or anything that you want related to. Um, he I got the exclusive um, metal cards that had Ryu and uh, Ken on there. Um, and then you get an extra one, which I got a T-Hawk here. And these are exclusive collectibles that you won't get anywhere else. They're limited editions. And on top of that, he signed it. I have it. I have it framed and hung up in my office right now. Um, not only that, I got a picture with him taking it and him holding up his uh, his Blanca figure. And on top of that, he signed my Nintendo Switch, which at the time it was very young. And it's 2020 and that thing's still going. So there's the longevity of how well the play the Nintendo Switch is <laughs> there. And even when that thing burns out, I'm just gonna hang it up because he signed it. So it's just gonna be sitting there. But um it, for that credit to that because this I got that thing on uh, I got it I think at, at on 2000 in 2017 and it's 2020. I think still going. It's still going strong so kudos to nintendo for that um so yeah i got that and then i believe i forgot prior to this in 2014 i met long vo for the first time ever uh the who i learned later on that is the uh he's the founder of udon entertainment um he sketched a ryu illustration for my capcom illustration book which i still have to this day and not only that um not knowing, not realizing years later, just last year, two years after that, or four years after that, I guess, um, that I will be doing a panel with Longvo and Fred Tatashore because I will see Fred Tatashore at the Marvel animated panels at San Diego Comic-Con. And I was always loved. He was one of the favorite people to watch. And lo and behold, I did a panel with him last year. So, I mean, these type of six, these type of situations are absolutely unforgettable. You cannot beat that watching it on virtual. Um, the other thing is like not getting to walk around and see all the great sites because I'm here in Philadelphia. So taking a flight, you know, cross country and seeing the beautiful sites of San Diego and not only just that, but whatever they have in the conventions, they all there's always some big monuments or whatever. Just so, so I mean, a lot of money is being vest, invested and spent in uh, in San Diego Comic Con, not just from international themselves, but also the companies, the vendors themselves. Um, I remember watching and seeing a live, uh, a, a life size ac uh, action figure of Goku. It was a a life size model of Goku doing a Kamehameha wave and like you just don't see stuff like that in anywhere else except for maybe New York Comic Con and just seeing that uh actual uh, you know actual props from movie costumes from Marvel Studios you get to see that um just and, and not only a great place to eat there was a, a great taco spot that was like up the street further uh further ways up from the convention center and just once the convention center is closed it's just like a party atmosphere down there you you don't get that in your home <laughs> you just don't it's unfortunate but you don't get that when you're at home um and the other the, one of the coolest parts possibly bumping into celebrities or two on your way um i could test this mike moe uh, and the cast of Street Fighter Assassin's Fist on 2014 when uh, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist was like the hottest thing out at the time. Uh, I managed to bump into Mike Moe and the cast and got in touch with him. Then throughout the weekend, we kept bumping into each other. He recognized me on the spot and said hi. Later on, 
he wind up being a guest on my podcast. And later on after that, he wind up doing some really cool other things, including, um, unfortunately being on, uh, being a cast member in Inhumans, but to me was like one of the best things that happened in Inhumans. He played Trident, uh, on air, but then later on, he got a bigger opportunity to be in Quentin Tarantino's uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which got rave reviews, especially for his role as Bruce Lee. And even Brad Pitt at one of the award ceremonies, I forgot which one it was, uh, you know, shouted him out majorly for that. And just awesome. Just awesome. Uh, Jeffrey Thorne, another one. I uh, was there in 2017 when he was... Uh, when he actually when they announced him at the animation panel that he was going to be doing black panther's quest we met there and we've been talking ever since he's been on the show three times i might actually get him fourth because we got some we got some steam to uh to let out (laughs) i can tell you that so uh he may be back again uh trust me this 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 may be you you may get a fourth appearance from jeffrey thorne but you know talking about his journey you know uh as a black producer showrunner um you know and and a comic book writer you know it just just one of these awesome things that i got to do i remember the first year one of my first interviews was with uh bruce tim of uh batman and uh justice league unlimited and justice league uh um, fame and it's also one of my biggest botches ever because when i interviewed him i didn't have my microphone on so all you see is him talking but there is no audio in there and I, I i laugh at that every time and you know i can happily say that i made up for that now <laughs> but back then i was like this sucks so freaking bad <laughs> so we never got that that actual footage of bruce Tilp talking about certain things that i questions that i asked but he was very nice and i got to take the picture with him as well in there but just just stuff like that just just things like that you can't get by just staying home and it's unfortunate because of COVID-19 and I, I, there's a part that I'm going to blame COVID for this there's another part I'm going to blame us and I mean us as in as in us as people in our country who don't want to listen who don't want to wear a mask who don't who want to make it a, po- a political thing and had we probably been wearing masks from the get-go and, and socially distancing ourselves we probably would have gotten this. We probably would have gotten New York Comic Con. We probably would have gotten Keystone Comic Con. But people want to not listen. People want to turn this into a political thing, like they did with the nailing thing, and uh, in NFL with Colin Kaepernick. I mean, it's just we're we. I won't get into that. I digress. The other one too, and again, I said missing um, Hall H and Ballroom Twenty. That experience. That's you know, say what you will. It does take. It does like they're long lines, but once you're in there, it's a you don't regret it. Ballroom 20 is the second best um, hall in that theater in that entire place. And it's huge. So Ballroom 20 is huge. You can only um, I've been in Ballroom 20 many times. I can't even fathom how big Hall H is in comparison because they said that one was absolutely huge. So and, uh, you know, lastly is the loss of cosplay, which is a major major and you could tell how bad this is that atmosphere is missing major i feel so bad for the cosplay community because this is where this is the year that they're usually their time to shine and you know 
a lot of them will tell you that this is part of their sanity, a part of their comfort, part of their expression, part part of their you know identity and being is being a a cosplayer. Cosplayer is cosplaying is an art form, and not being able to do your art in the way that you that you normally do it to, to have people see and admire that's hard i have rebecca ryan here on a, a few months back talking about all this and how it has affected her and you know all the things that she won't be able to do um she was gonna be at keystone but that's not happening anymore either uh hopefully it will happen next year but you know that it, it's just sad it's just really sad because a lot of work goes into a lot of the cosplayers and I can't like I said I've never been to New York Comic Con yet but I can tell you I've seen some of the greatest cosplay uh costumes I've ever seen in person and I have a lot of pictures of cosplaying uh some really authentic cosplay concepts it is just awesome and man it's just and and to see rebecca's costumes and concepts and for her to be the winner of those that that speaks volumes of that as well so you know that's what you have with all that there i mean so but again credit to uh comic-con international you know they 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 could have just said like we're just gonna wait till next year no they instead just say we're going to keep going we're going to find a way to entertain people during these times and we're going to make the best of it and that they did they absolutely did we got to see a ton of different panels which you can see right now on youtube you could catch up and see it right now and check it out um i myself put out the top 10 virtual panels to look out for uh on the days of thursday friday and saturday and i the reason why i didn't pick sunday and why i'm doing the panel on sunday no disrespect but the best panels are usually friday saturday and then some extent thursday it it goes off but by sunday it's like it's not really that there's still panels there but it's not really in terms of like panels that they're going to be um invested in by everybody or it's going to be exclusive news or whatever uh it's it's you know mostly for a niche crowds and fans of those type of panels and stuff like that so um i opted out of even mentioning those right there but Let's talk about Thursday. Let's just talk about some of the ones of Thursday. So I'll just run it down. Maybe some of them I will stop to talk about uh, that I watched. Uh, I did see the Marvel Storyboard panel, which had Joe uh, Kusada uh, on there talking about this new show that he has, uh, which I believe is on. I believe is on YouTube, and he's gonna. He talked about how he ventures out to different areas to you know get an understanding of what they're writing and and for their character. So instead of just writing fictional you know content with some made-up things with that doesn't hold merit they're traveling to these areas to learn more about certain aspects of what the character shouldn't tell in, in their in their direction and they go to great lengths to do it i mean like he's traveling to like uh it looks like the uh himalayas or whatever or antarctica or whatever um he's traveling different areas he's also meeting different celebrities he met um the actress who plays yo-yo on ages of shield and they're you know doing some things uh the first episode has hugh jackman on air which he met for the first time ever (laughs) so they're doing some things on there and each episode is going to have a different celebrity with a different thing he's doing if you watch you know netflix shows like uh chef with uh john fabro as he goes to different 
you know, areas to interview different chefs and whatnot. It's kind of like that. It's that type of situation. And there's always going to be a celebrity every once in a while that'll join them. It's it, it, it's that type of format. So uh, I haven't watched the actual show yet, but the I love what I loved about this is that, you know, this is Marvel. So they're going to be quality. A lot of these panels are pre-taped. Uh, a lot of them are. Majority of them are, are pre-taped and produced. And that was the great part is that, you know, so it tells me that they've already had this in mind that this was already working in the works prior to the minute that they've uh decided to cancel the event and i liked uh the way that marvel's uh storyboard panel was it looked very professional the video quality was there everything was tight so it was it was pretty damn good i like what they did with that um there was also the cartoon network studios first look you got to see some i guess new shows or a new season of shows there the duncanville cast i have not got a chance to watch but i gotta again i have now the option of watching it on youtube so i will go back and watch that a look inside marvel 616 on disney plus i have not watched that yet but I, I actually did I no no it was the other Marvel panel that I saw uh which was on Friday I believe um artist boot camp by DeviantArt I did see that it had um another guy that I got a chance to meet uh to do a panel with with Longvo and that was Champa uh Champa so uh you know he was doing he he along with other artists were uh doing that one that was a really good one too very well produced uh on that uh IDW which is a you know comic book uh company that focuses on a lot of 80s nostalgic uh you know books did snake eyes with rob liefeld i have not watched that but i was attending to watch that too i did however see the cast of the new mutants uh panel and i gotta say i'm excited about watching this movie whenever it finally comes out which they're saying is coming out in august 22nd I don't know whether that is because they put a big question mark on that as well. But the funny part about it at the beginning of the panel, which again, you can watch now on YouTube, um, they have all of the dates that they were going to come out and then they scratch it out and then they keep restarting uh, the music and restarting the music every time. So the last time that they said it was August 22nd and they put a big question mark on there, they said, fingers crossed on there. So this was a, I love this panel too because one it was very well done it was very well produced I think this panel they were using uh Microsoft Teams and because I I do believe one of the features that you could do on Amazon uh, on um Teams that you can't do on Zoom I believe is upload files that everybody can see on there so the the uh panel i mean the moderator which by the way i for, i really i hate the fact that i forgot that guy's name because he was a um he was a uh african-american dude a brother uh who i was really happy to see i was like oh my man he came not only did my man come in there and host it and did a great job hosting he came correct the whole entire panel was was awesome uh it looked great it sounded great it it, it didn't look bad at all it was top quality and i was very happy to see that um my man was on air and he was a brother and he was just like you know he was very professional and and he was great he was absolutely awesome i gotta get his name i gotta get his name i thought he did a phenomenal job hosting this with the cast um of the new mutants and the director of new mutants was along with that as well so they were able to do a lot of really cool things on this panel um they showed hashtags of each character of each uh character in this in the movie uh we got a 
clip of the movie on air as well. Again, very well produced. And then they showed a lot of artwork uh, from fans. I mean, it's some really, really great artwork from fans out there um, that they did in, in, in anticipation of this movie. And I think this movie may be good. This, from what I'm seeing, I, I think this, which technically is the last Fox X-Men movie, I think this is going to make it when we finally see it. Hopefully it'll be worth the wait. So and and I, the thing is that, too, and I think what they're doing is that they're waiting out to see if people can see it in theaters. And I, I was once questioning why not just put it on um, on on digital and in, 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 uh, for digital distribution or stuff like that. But I do realize that there, you know, technically every household is one to five people. So if they put it on every household, they're losing money on four of those people because those other four people could possibly go to the movies. And that means that that's, you know, each budget per person plus food and all this stuff there. So they are losing a ton of money doing this. And I get that. So that's why all these movies are holding out right now, because, you know, they want to try to get as much profit as possible after doing all this and getting that money back. So. I even said that like Black Widow would instantly get money that, but then I didn't think about the aspect of the the statistics of this uh, of that feature. So yeah, that's why a lot of these movies are waiting out. I, you know, lesson learned on me after I figure that out. Um, so that that's a situation. So hopefully we will come out in August, or even they'll do it in August for theaters. And I know some movies are doing both. They're doing it out for theaters, but then they're also doing. Um, they're also doing uh, digital as well for those who just want to do it at home. So hopefully that's the case with that. Um, you also had the untold tales of Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane did a like two or three panels this entire weekend. Um, so I got to check that out because I want to see if he mentioned anything about Spawn, which I don't think he did because I would that would have been everywhere by now. That would have um, that would have been viral. If he mentioned that that movie's coming out or whatever like that. So I still got to go back and watch it because I want to see if, even if he mentioned anything about Mortal Kombat and what he thought about, you know, Spawn's use in there, which I thought was awesome in that game in a long time coming. Um, then you had the boys. One of my, the boys panel is possibly one of my favorite panels of the entire weekend. And a lot of that is due to one of my all time favorite panelists that is Aisha Tyler of Archer. And she always does so awesome, whether it's virtual or live, she is the best bar none. And what's great about this is that they not only talked about, uh, the show and gave a little, some of the clips of what's going to happen, which this is coming, I think in the early September, I think September 2nd or something like that, something of that nature. Um, not only did they talk about that, but they also gave a huge announce, two huge announcements. One, which brought the creators of the show, which was uh, Seth uh, Rogen, which I love. Fuck, <laughs> excuse me. I love Seth Rogen. I absolutely love Seth Rogen, and um, so much so, almost almost broke my own rule here, but love Seth Rogen and he's one of the creators of it. I forgot who the other guy was, but they announced that even before season two was coming out, 
they already been uh, approved for renewal for a season three. I guess the executives of uh, Amazon Prime love the series so much. Aisha Tyler said she saw the uh, entire series early, so she said it was awesome. I I, I know it's going to be awesome because part the first season was just phenomenal. Um, they already been renewed for season three. That's insane. I haven't seen anything like that since R- uh, Riverdale. Riverdale when it first came out, the the show was so huge and it's so popular in the first season. That it was already approved for its second season before it even started. Or it wasn't the second season into the third before it even started. And I can tell you how big that is because I've seen the lines at San Diego Comic-Con for Riverdale. Which was insane at the Warner Brothers booth. So, um, yeah, that, kudos to them. And the second, the second big announcement that they made was that there will be a aftermath show for the boys that is starring Aisha Tyler herself. So she's doing the Chris uh, Chadwick role here. And I think she's a, you couldn't have found a better host. Uh, Aisha Tyler, for those of you who don't know, she's, she's, uh, she stars in Archer. She also has been in a ton of movies. Uh, I mean, a ton of shows. She, uh, a phenomenal comedian, love her, love her standup. Um, and she's infamously known for being one of the, the majorly focused black women, one of the only black women that was focused and featured on Friends. And um, but she's an avid gamer and a huge. I, I don't want to say nerd. She was just a fan. She's a fan of all of this. So and she's intently. <laughs> she's intently a fan of all this, man. You can't get a better person to do this. So that was awesome. There's also. An image comics spotlight uh, panel that as well on Thursday, Friday, Friday. Uh, this was an interesting one because one of the ones that I wanted to focus on, I still haven't watched yet, was uh, a panel called Crazy Talk, uh, Crazy Talk, mental health, pop culture, and pandemic. And that's something I might actually actually even stretch over to next week because uh, I think that's a very important panel that we all should check out. And it looks like they're they're focusing on a lot of the things that happens in geek culture a lot because of some of the things that I've discovered that i've even experienced myself uh, especially during these times you know so this is going to be interesting i highly recommend everybody to go out of their way to check that out see if it you know if it actually how this benefits i i am serious i may want to go you know roll this over to next week's episode to we'll talk about that as well uh cosplay they didn't leave you out spice of life i don't exactly know what that entails but that's something that was uh, a big focus i wanted to do um the mandarin the mandar uh the mandalorian said the mandarin the mandalorian uh and his many gadgets so there was a panel for that dc at home day one i actually watched that one it <laughs> the funny part about the dc at home uh day one is that they did something that happens all the time something that i've joked about with many other people all the time and that is jim lee jim lee who introduces the panel and then you think jim lee's going to be a part of the panel but then he goes off and gives it to the moderator who then hosted and and it's hosted um and by other people and who he interviews that works for dc so what happened here what you just saw was the structure of what Jim Lee does. He lures you in and then he goes away with to lead off to other things. This is exactly what happens in a comic book. When you go to a comic book store and you and especially in the 90s, you go to a comic book store and you're looking for something new to read and you see something that has Jim Lee's artwork on the front cover. This is before the term variant covers ever, you know, be became a thing. And lo and behold, 
you open a book or you even don't even look sometimes we were kids we were stupid we would go home we would buy this book because jim lee's on the front cover we would go home open up the book and learn that jim lee is not the artist of the book he's just the artist of the cover which is now called variant covers back then we called we said we gave it a term we got jim lead and this is exactly what happened with this panel he started off at the beginning and then went away so we don't get to hear jim <laughs> but he's just a lead off and so everything else so this is what jim lee does best aside from doing some of the best artwork uh in, in comic book history <laughs> so that's one of his things there but i did watch it they, they were talking about some things that is going to happen in the world of dc and what they're going to do with superman and such and what to look out for uh in, in dc comics so marvel around the same time like an hour later did marvel's next big thing which i absolutely watched as well uh both of those panels were great uh, as far in terms of quality and audio and stuff like that so they did great um pre-produced well stuff like that marvel i am i may be interested in reading heavily you know again because there was one thing that they said that really is going to bring me back and that is the reunited peter parker and mary jane watson i had no idea that those two were that they brought those two back now if you guys remember um during the comic book i think it was like uh one more day i think it was called where mephisto you know peter parker sacrificed um his marriage and they written off the relationship of mary jane and peter parker and everybody was pissed off because joe kusada felt it like he never liked the relationship between peter and i'm not like yeah that's you do but everybody else a lot of other people love that relationship like a lot they were but before chrissy teigen and john legend there was it was peter parker and mary jane watson you know what i mean so it was like how do you how dare you separate those two in this way i it, are you crazy and for years up until this point they went off in this situation where i don't think that mary jane even remember that they were actually married because of what mephisto did and it i, I that was part one of what turned me off of reading comic books anymore it was that one moment at all then certain artists started leaving the art quality wasn't the same and then later on the writing wasn't the same you had that situation as well i mean the writing just was just so everywhere and then on top of that marvel kept doing these huge summer blockbuster events on the comic books and i'm like you gotta space it out you can't have these ep there's nothing to anticipate if you know that there's going to be one every year and then you're trying to it's like you're going to to uh you're going into the well too much like when infinity when when the original secret wars came out that was a big event because it didn't happen years prior to when civil what not a civil war when infinity gauntlet came out it was years after secret wars and there wasn't a big event that gathered everybody together that's why when you watch all these comic book movies they usually based it on comic books that happened in the 90s because the 90s was the boom period of when everything was happening it's the celebration of that era you can't celebrate anything else in this era other than civil war because <laughs> civil war was the only other big thing that they ever done that was worth putting into theaters that made any sense and and made money for them you know you, you damn sure can't do fear itself <laughs> fear it's i mean you probably could they probably you know what they probably couldn't make a better movie out of fear itself than it was the comic book i think they can write a better movie uh using the fear itself concept 
than they were with that but the 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 fear itself was a hit or miss and then uh original sins and all those other ones was just such a miss and it was just it, it was just like they they were running out of ideas and then uh what was it civil war 2 was good secret wars 2 was good but they kind of the, the how they put it together was just convoluted it just ah, it was just there but it looks like there was there are some things right now that uh marvel next big thing showed that i was very very much intrigued by um i believe avengers versus uh fantastic four is going to be a thing that they've been talking about for quite some time which i think is coming in september so uh there's also another book empire that they're going to be focusing on because hawkling apparently is going to be the ruler of both the kree and the uh scrolls which I think that's a big deal and how he's going to be able to handle it. That's something that I was into as well. So, I mean, there's some interesting books coming out, um, new She-Hawk books that are coming out. So this may be getting me back into the Marvel franchise again. So I'm very interested in seeing what they're doing with that. Um, then there's also the AMC's The Walking Dead cast panel. Now, this panel here, I didn't see this panel, but I, I got to tell you, this is sad. This is sad. Um from a standpoint that the, the the show is no longer well the show is ended if uh if i'm right, correct and all that is left is their spinoff show um or has it really no i don't think it's i think rick grimes is gone but the show i don't know if the show is actually ended i'm sorry i, I don't think the show i don't know if the show is ended or not but it's in the process of possibly ready to end if i'm correct and this is their last panel no, I think it's ended. Let me let me check just to make sure because I'm I am confused with this um, walking and and this is obviously because I've stopped watching the show. I think right around the time they killed Glenn, <laughs> I was like, I was I, I was done because it just wasn't the same afterwards, and it it, it was just they took the they took it right out. Okay, so it looks like it is still airing. But at the same time, you know, I do believe that show has lost a lot of viewers during this time. So uh, let me see. 11 season. Nope, it looks like they're going to be airing in 2020. So that's awesome. But Rick Grimes is going too. So this is like life after Rick Grimes. Uh, Norman Reedus is still there. Um, a lot of the other actors are still there. Michonne is still there as well no guarantees any of that is going to be there when he left but that's the awesome that was the awesome part about uh the show is that they were going in the direction of the comic but now they're so far removed from the comic that you know it's going to be hard for them to see what direction they're going with this now because there are people that should have been dead a long time ago that are still alive and there are people who are who are, um who were alive in a comic but that is dead now in the show so they have gone into their own they ventured off into their own um means of the show at this point so um but at this term it, it's, it's sad because this was usually one of the biggest comic book tv shows ever at the time and um man i remember when um jeffrey d morgan came in and he killed off glenn and he killed off a lot of the other folks and that was the beginning of the downfall of that show <laughs> for me and then shortly afterwards like anything that didn't have jeffrey d morgan in there any episode that didn't have jeffrey d morgan as negan it was boring 
so you know it was there was a lot it was just it was a lot for that so you had that um i did also going on to other panels i did see the bob's burger panel i was looking forward to that i actually sadly was disappointed by this i believe like it was okay but there were some issues with that one as well like uh there were some uh zoom issues like i don't know if they were didn't know how to operate zoom to some extent um let me tell you looking at some of these panels watching some of these panels uh these virtual panels made me feel a lot better about the one that i did with the uh, cast of naruto uh because you know i was told that it was really good i told that it was very entertaining but in terms of um technical issues or stuff we had none um as far as video or uh disruptions or anything or video quality we had none you know we had no problems with that i think the only one was um was uh brian donovan brian donovan was the only one that had some audio issues with him but everybody else was fine uh i think he was might have been using his phone and stuff like that at the time but um it was it was really it was really uh for the most part for the majority of it it was really well done and i was worried because we had like about 50 fans in that panel as well watching and and as we were talking so it worked out but um the boss burger one it was okay it was okay it didn't really i don't even remember what anything significant i don't think they really talked too much about the show in a sense of um of what they were doing but uh, there were some funny things in the moment. They did they did actually show some footage of things, and it was well produced on that note. But there there was times when uh, the actor who plays Bob uh, was going in and out, uh, not by his own merit. He was being kicked out of some course. But then later on, they were adding in more fans so they can to the Zoom chat so they can answer questions. That you know when it got to that point, the panel itself got better. But we actually. One of the most significant things to talk about in this panel was, in fact, uh, they were focusing on representation. Actually, the panel was funny because it didn't feel like a panel as much as it did a meeting, like an inside meeting that they had with with each other. And they talked about representation uh, to that extent. I it was more it felt more like they were talking about female representation for the show as uh, as opposed to um, race based representation. But they were talking about in terms of because some of the actors who play some of the roles is actually are actually men uh give you an example um the role of linda belcher and uh is played by john roberts who is a man he does a very good job on his role and they were talking about possibly you know maybe changing those roles or making it more appropriate but i think um louise belcher herself christian uh shaw had a great idea and i thought this was awesome i thought this was a really awesome idea and this may be the thing that changes is if you're going to do that if you're going to have somebody like play a male a female play a male role or male role play a female role switch them have a balance of that you know do a a swap if you will that make that could possibly work in all terms as well you know because we had this discussion in our acmg facebook group in regards to um making sure that everybody's playing represent you know their proper representation and you know this was the result of their other show central park uh christian bell you know stepped down to uh play um to not play the role that she's playing because it was a uh, a girl of color um mike henry we talked about that who plays cleveland brown will also be stepping down as well now 
if you all know Phil Lamar plays, you know, a whole bunch of different roles, and some of them are white guys too. He plays Aquaman. If they switch it around to the point that, you know, people can do swap roles and be cool about it, but they do it in a very respectful way, I think that can work. I think she was on the right mindset by doing that. And I think if they do that, I'm, I don't think people will, back, uh, will be too offended by that especially if they do the roles respectfully so that was one of the things that they focused on and the other big thing that they focus on was in fact that they announced that bob's burger in 2021 will have a movie coming out i <coughs> excuse me i am actually excited about this this is actually pretty cool like they're getting a movie way earlier before the simpsons now granted it is safe to say that the simpsons could have had their damn movie a long time ago but they waited out till 20 years later to do so family guy surprisingly is not coming out with a movie yet and they never announced it nor do they really need to in a sense but um you know i, th I think a bob's burger movie could work i think it could work it'll be really interesting to see how they will write this and how will it in terms of um you know how well this will be but i like the show in general uh, it reminds me of Fishtown here in philadelphia so I, I'm looking forward to seeing this. This should be awesome. But overall, it was it started out as a okay panel, but turned out to be a better panel by the end, especially when it got to the point with the uh, getting the fans in to answer all these questions, all the questions that they want to. And it, there were some really good questions that they were asking there as well. So uh, kudos to them on that. Another uh, panel for Todd McFarlane was on Friday as well. Uh, Comic-Con, Robert Kirkman at home. God, let me tell you. I went to the panel when I was there in 2017 that that uh, they joined together, Robert Kirkman and Todd McFarlane. Now, watching them do this at home is nowhere near as great as watching them do it on stage live. I can't tell you how funny those two are together. They are Robert Kirkman, especially is hilarious. Like this is the guy who created The Walking Dead and he can do his own stand up. I mean, but him talking about a lot of, um, and by the way, watch his secrets of comic book history, uh, series that a, that AMC did for, uh, with him. They are phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Especially the one on milestone, um, comics in the history of African-Americans and comics. So great. So great, man. Um, so yeah, I, but seeing on a panel was, was good, but not as nearly as good as it is in person. Like some of these panels were, some of these panels, I think would have been much better in person. The Bob's Burger panel, I think would have been much, much better in person because not only do you get a different atmosphere, uh, from, you know, from the crowd participation and the crowd, um, the attendees there and the, and where you're at, like a hall that, that would have been a hall a ballroom 20 type of panel right there. I guarantee it. Um, but not only that, but also I think the actors themselves would have been a little bit more, you know, into it and a lot more excited and just being immersed in the atmosphere. And you could tell because they were, they were at home, some of them, I won't, I don't, I don't want to say they were phoning it in, but some of them were just, you know, we're in these times, this is what we got to do, but let's do this, you know, you know, and, and they were having, and, and some of them were just having fun, just getting to see each other, which is the same with what they were in the uh, Naruto panel. But we did get to talk a lot about the show because I was, you know, moderating the questions out to have them talk about the show. And I, when I watched some of these virtual panels, I, it made me appreciate 
the work that we all did for our panel and what all the actors did in doing so to entertain the people that was in there as well. So, you know, it, they didn't have, they, they were, you know, there were times where we were talking among uh, ourselves, you know, a little chat, chatty, but then there were times where we went straight into the questions of the show. So there were panels here that kind of went off a little bit of the mark on that. So, um, but you know, everybody did uh, pretty much a fair job at best to some, and some people did a really, really good job. The Archer, I think the Archer panel was the biggest kind of disappointment to me. And this had Aisha Tyler in there as well, but she didn't moderate the whole thing. Um, because they weren't necessarily talking about the show and they couldn't talk about any part of the show, but they still could have talked about some of the show, but it was, it felt like more of just a conversation within them and them not realizing that they were here to talk about the show and all through the majority of the show, they were just, you know, chatting. Chris Parnell didn't feel like he was, you know, all into it. And, you know, his son actually had more enthusiasm than he did of being on camera for this. And, you know, of course, you never know what people are going through in their lives, but the fact that they were in there and doing it. So I, I do appreciate that, you know, to that extent. But um, it was OK. It, it was just I think I, if all of them, I would have loved to hear more about the show rather than what they were drinking. And, and, and Judy Greer, I love watching Judy Greer. She was kind of the highlight of their panel uh, in there as well. Then. Friday, we also ended it off with the hip hop and comics culture combination, uh, you know, uh, combination panel with Megan Rand and a host of others. Um, Lars is in air as well. And uh, not Lars. Uh, was it Lars? Yeah. Um, and the biggest surprise for the hip hop and co- uh, comics combo this year was that they got play from Kitten Play on air. Uh, Christopher Martin <laughs> was on air because they covered a segment on there where they were talking about how successful kit and play was and how they ended up in doing it getting their own comic book and their own cartoon if some of you were growing up with me we got to see that cartoon on nbc saturday mornings which was awesome and um it was great to hear him talk about his experience and getting a comic book and all that stuff in there because they didn't in prior years they never had play and what i loved about this panel this year it wasn't really a panel they did it documentary style and I thought it was really awesome that they did that um, in a way that they were able to do it. So, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And they did talk about a lot of the things that, you know, they would normally talk about at the panels and everything. And it was basically all the same people that normally does the panel and the same people that was there when I was there at, you know, when I saw it live. So I thought they did a really, really good job and that they changed it. They did it differently from what everybody else was doing and doing it that way. And then we got Saturday. We got Saturday's panels, which uh, some of the panels that I was looking to check out is the Udon Entertainment 20th anniversary panel uh, there. You got DC at home day two. You got another one that was from Wakanda to uh, Nambana was uh, one I was looking to check out. Uh, The art of adapting comics to the screen is something I think everybody should look at, too. I think that's a panel that really will focus on the misconceptions that people think that they have towards, you know, adapting the source books to, you know, the, to the screen, to the big screen. Uh, you had Jim Lee's X-Men's artist edition spotlight, which is something that I need to watch too. The American dad cast panel, which I still haven't watched yet. Uh, Gemma del Toro and Scott Cooper was another one. Rooster Teeth one is the one I saw 
Rooster Teeth got me so excited about what's coming next week, what I'll be reviewing next week, and that is Transformers War on Cybertron Siege. We got a clip of that. We got to talk about certain, they got to talk about certain things, one of which was, which blew my mind because this is focused, this is going to be, they, they explained that it was going to be focused on, this is the prequel to G1. So this is them in Cybertron before they ever hit Earth. And one of the things that they're going to talk about or we're going to see is Teletran 1, not which most people in the G1 uh, fandom knows that is the supercomputer that the Autobots would use uh, during ships and everything is their artificial intelligence. But lo and behold, what we didn't know, what we're going to discover, thanks to them, is that Teletran 1 is not just a computer. He was actually a bot. <laughs> he was actually an Autobot. So... I'm excited about seeing that amongst other things. The trilogy is coming next week. I am next is on a Thursday, the 30th. It's going to be premiering. So, ah, so can't wait for that. They also talked about Ruby. They also talked about red versus blue, uh, which is coming out. I like the fact that Rooster Teeth is um, made up of a diverse group of people. The director uh, of some of the shows is a, um, uh, is black and I was definitely appreciative of that. Some of the writers of the, uh, of the, uh, studios as well it's i i really need to invest in rooster teeth a little bit more i've watched ruby before i haven't finished it but it, i've noticed the evolution of their animation as well has done tremendous as well for there so uh i love that panel and how about how about this rooster teeth's panel was the best looking panel of all the panels that i've watched this entire weekend uh so far it was the best i mean like and i'm talking like i watch panels with who were using zoom uh zoom uh chats that didn't have the visual quality or the audio quality that rooster teeth did they oh my god the lighting the uh visual the visuals and lighting and everything of the each of their rooms were so well done the audio was so well done it looked spectacular like best in show was rooster teeth in my opinion of course i'm saying that based on what i've just saw i have not seen every single panel yet but i intend to watch as many as possible i've learned that even during um quarantine time and virtual time you don't have that many hours in a day to watch all the panels that you <laughs> want to watch each panel is like an hour a, a pop at best minimum so i did see the family guy panel which i thought was the most entertaining of the panels seth mcfarlane and seth green and mila kuna uh Kula, um Mila Kunis and uh, the entire cast and the rest of the cast were all there. And what was so great about that is that they did a actual uh, read, a table read for Family Guy. What was so awesome about that is that they did a table read basically of their oh, one of the old episodes. I believe one episode of season four. Uh, I forgot what episode it was, but nonetheless... Alex Borstein, who is one of my all-time, she is so freaking talented. If you watch her, not only just as Lois Griffin, but you watch her on the adventures of Miss um, Maisel, and I'm probably saying that title wrong, but um, she's she's the co-star of Mrs. Maisel, and she did what they did was they recited a scene on. Um, she recited a scene 
on, on Family Guy, the marvelous Miss Maisel, I should say, uh, is what she plays in. Um, they, res- they they did a table read for one of the uh, episodes season of season four. What they did though was remix it because you know when Peter does his side bit or whatever like that, you know where he just automatically thinks of something and then it appears. I forgot what they call those, but he did one, and then they did a bit of uh, Alex doing. A Karen bit, which was never done before because Karen, the term Karen, you know, the racist Karens that we've been seeing ever around the uh, country hasn't been a term since till this year. And they, they changed that bit to do a Karen bit. And it was hilarious. I highly recommend everybody going out of their way to watching this bit. And then even better because they after they did the table read, um, they also talked about the series and how long it's been around. But before that, and kudos to Seth MacFarlane because he was the only one that I, I think that has done this. They went out their way to, uh, you know, talk about voting and, and how important it is to vote this year and they're, what they're doing with Fox and what Fox is doing uh, this year to get young um, younger people to vote no matter, you know, Im- impartial it was an impartial thing. They weren't saying who was to vote for it. They just saying go out and vote. It's very important that we that the young kids vote more than ever. And I absolutely agree. It's something that we actually did um, talk about in our panel with uh, Cast Naruto. You know, Mary Elizabeth brought it up herself. And yes, we need you to get out there and vote. If you understand the chaos that is going on this year, a lot of it is because a lot of people didn't vote. And then furthermore, some other things that we are not going to talk about because this is not a political show. But it is very important that you speak your voice because your voice is very important and you make yourself seen and heard in the midst of all this. So if this year didn't d- demonstrate that, that's one thing. But, you know, they talked about their experiences on the show. They answered some of the questions on the show. I thought this was a very entertaining panel. I loved it. I really much enjoyed it. Last one I was I have to see was Sailor Moon uh, cast panel, which included one of my old, uh, previous guests, uh, Amanda C- Celine uh, Miller on air as well uh to talk about the fandom that is sailor moon probably it's, you know aside from rooster teeth I, well rooster teeth is actually not even anime it's anime influenced but sailor moon is actually the only anime panel that i've seen in here now i know tokyo pop also did one for manga as well so i mean that's something very interesting to note on that um another one that i was going to see some honorable mentions here was uh, uh afro futurism which is Black to the Future, that's a panel I need to check out, and even with Kevin Smith as well. Uh, I, I, I think that's another thing I'll never be able to do. I, I, if I get to see a, 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 any type of Q&A or something with Kevin Smith in there, I, I would be really surprised. So, um, you know, that was all the panels that I was able to see, but guess what? There are dozens more panels other than what I mentioned there. I mean, that's what San Diego Comic-Con is in a nutshell. It is an abundance of all of the things that we love for four days. I mean, three days, depending on what time you get there. Um, I remember the first year I got there Wednesday because I missed preview night. And I was mad that I missed preview night because I was told that it was something great there. Then the second time I went, I actually made it to preview night and realized how much of a waste that was because they really didn't do anything. I think that was the year that Black Lightning was going to premiere and they were going to suppose that they were they were there was talks that they were going to show a episode of black lightning we never saw it we saw all these shows that i now can say i knew was going to get canceled and that's exactly what happened so that was a waste of a night from that note and um that's san diego comic-con in a nutshell 
For what it's worth, I think everybody that was involved in this 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 uh, very trying structure that they were doing, they reconfigured everything to try to accommodate fans. And again, giving it to us for free. I can't thank San Diego Comic Con International enough, and everybody that you know was involved in that. Thank you, because you know, for fans that love this event every year. At least we got something. And to give it to us for free, I can't, I, I, you know, that's a, that's a really, that's an awesome thing to do. Because they didn't have to. And because they didn't do this, and I can't stress this out again, I will say this. They spent money that they're not getting back to do this. This is a big financial loss. More than it is a gain. But they did it because they are fans of us. That's speaking volumes. They did not have to do this at all. And I commend them for all of them. Everybody. Because I, they trust me, the, the, these panels with some of the celebrities in there, they're not doing it for free. I would be really surprised if they're doing it for free or if they're doing it for charity to some extent. Um, I know they're not doing this for free. So <laughs> they're spending money paying off those people. I can tell you that right now. So um, thank you. Thank you for this weekend. Thank you for giving me something to talk about on this show, of course. And, um, you know, keeping it going. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we can all be healthy and alive to be able to enjoy this next year and the years going uh, beyond that. Because I said it every year and I say it again. If you're a fan of any of this, if you're a fan of all of this, once in your life, at least one time, you need to go to San Diego Comic-Con. And this, it is the mecca of all things anime, comics, movies, and games for a reason, folks. So, kudos to them. And uh, again, two things. Let's mask up, let's keep safe, and let's vote in November so we can have this type of opportunity and fun. Folks, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I want to thank all of you for listening, all of our new listeners out there in Podbean. And now, tune in by Amazon Alexa. And um, I now have, you are now on that station as well. So uh, thank you and hello to all the listeners out there who listen to tune in. And Podbean, thank you. We're now, we're now, when I first talked about it, we were in 1,100 followers on that page. It is now, the number, new number now is 1.5K. We are now 105,500 followers and it is still growing. It is still growing people. So thank you so much for investing in this. Thank you, Pop Bean, for even putting us out there. And letting people finally see the quality that AM, ACMG Presents Talk Time Live has. Um, we're quite honored. And we're keeping it going and keeping it growing always. Thank you so much. If you are a listener of this show or if you're new to the show, you have plenty of places to check the show out. You could go on TalkTimeLive.com, the official website for TalkTimeLive.com. Or for TalkTime Live Podcast. Uh, you could go there. And what's significant about that is that you could go on there. You can check out all of our previous episodes that we just did. Every new episode will be uploaded there. But also, there's a section uh, just for the exclusive interviews that we have on this show. And speaking of exclusive interviews, I will announce here right now, our next Talk Time Live exclusive guest 
coming off of the Naruto uh, panel is none other. And I just mentioned him. <laughs> is none other than Rock Lee himself, Brian Donovan. Brian Donovan will be on the show uh, in August to talk about his work on the show, his work as an actor and a documentary that he has worked on prior to. So we'll be talking about a lot of that and having a lot of fun. He is an absolutely nice guy. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about him. He's a laid back dude. He's a very uh, conscious guy. And, you know, you could tell if when you first hear him, if you go out of your way to listen to the uh, Naruto podcast, if you haven't listened to that with the entire, I know we're not the entire cast, but like nine of the big cast members from the show, I had a chance of moderating and, um, you know, talking with on that show. Um, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome to talk with them, but significantly him, there's something, there's a free spirit about him that I, I think we're going to enjoy, you know, picking his brain about and talking about. And, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So Brian Donovan will be on the show in August. We have already locked it in. So, uh, look, uh, looking forward to that. And, uh, he is going to be a great show as always. So I wanted to, again, I wanted to do that on zoom, but I don't trust zoom right now. And he's not, he's not savvy with teams yet. So we're going to Skype it and it's going to be a audio only right for right now. So, um, definitely be on the lookout for that as well. But you can also check out this show. You can subscribe and download to the show. I should say on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple podcast, Google podcast, Stitcher, Podbean, Pocket Cast, and now tune in AKA Alexa, Amazon uh, or Amazon Alexa as well. So all these different formats, you could check it out. And uh, it's just great that we are growing this community of people that are checking out this content as well. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for tolerating me during this entire time as I'm sweating profusely <laughs> with no fans on. Trust me, when those fans come on, it's going to be like cow going to take me away. I know older people would understand that reference, but, <laughs> but um, thank you guys again. And next week we will be reviewing transformers war on cybertron siege that's coming out for netflix on behalf of rooster teeth so get ready to check that out and uh all the news that is going to be coming out for that week as well um any video game news maybe i'll do a select start uh episode next week because it depends on what news comes out uh i have fairy tale which is coming out on friday and i'm gonna need time to play that game to give my thorough review of that remember this is an rpg game and i'm not a fan of rpg games even though i am playing replaying final fantasy 7 right now to prove a point here but um i am gonna play that see if i really really enjoy if i can if i can really change my thought about turn-based rpgs and will i be a fan of the fairy tale series because of this game so that's there's two things that i'm going to be looking for and i need time to work on that so that is all going to happen afterwards but if we got any major news going on in a week or maybe if there's something i can like review or check out even maybe another retro game or whatever i may do that but if not i may hold off on doing another episode for like at least till the next week from there but we'll see not to mention it is hot as hell in this office so we'll hold off for that but we will have uh more episodes coming very soon so folks thanks again that'll do it for me on behalf of myself this is dex xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here folks thank you take care mask up be safe so long
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.